And so when you are a child and your needs are not being met, for instance, if you're not taught to accept yourself and to accept others, instead, you're, you know, your parents are very critical of you, or maybe critical of other people. What ends up happening is that as you, as you develop as a child, you become very uh, perfectionistic, you become very envious of other people, because this is your way of protecting yourself from any kind of criticism coming your way, right? And so what ends up happening is that that pattern continues as you get older. And so that you become the perfectionist adult because you want to avoid any criticism, which is ironic because you're actually being the one that criticizes yourself the most. So these defense mechanisms are a way to protect us from feeling the pain of not receiving the needs that we require as children. Welcome to Aqal. A podcast brought to you by With Hope UAE. I am your host, Mariam Bilhol, and in each episode, we hope to bring you an inspiring person or a message to help captivate your mental health across multiple life categories. We are here today to explain to you how your daily behavior is impacted by your subconscious thoughts and how to create long-term change towards these patterns. Our expert on today's topic is Dr. Thraya Kanafani. Dr. Thraya is the co-owner, clinical director, and clinical psychologist at the Human Relations Institute and Clinics. She is a Canadian and Emirati licensed psychologist. Dr. Thraya has also been an adjunct lecturer at Middlesex University, Harriet Watt University, and the American University of Sharjah. She has been working with adolescents, young adults, and couples for over 15 years in the field of psychology. Here's our conversation. Dr. Thiraya, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Mariam. Thank you so much. We're very happy to have you on board. Let's jump right into the questions. So the first thing we want to know is what is the difference between the conscious and the subconscious mind? You know, it's a very interesting question because there are so many different schools of thought on what the subconscious is and whether or not it should be split into two, which is the subconscious and the unconscious. But I think when you first look at the, um, you know, I'm sure you've seen the iceberg uh, kind of picture on, on the internet quite a bit, quite a bit. And they show you that the tip of the iceberg is above the water, whereas below the water, there's the bigger chunk of the iceberg. And that's a little bit to uh, show a, a, a graphic image of what we mean by the conscious versus the subconscious or the unconscious. And so the conscious is everything that is our own awareness of our internal and external existence. So this could be your unique thoughts, your unique memories, uh, feelings, sensations, and the way you react to the environment that's around you. So it's everything that is within your awareness. Whereas the subconscious, or actually even the unconscious, uh, is the part of the consciousness that is not currently in awareness, but it can be in awareness. So it's all the processes in the mind that are kind of a little bit more automatic uh, and they can't be really tapped into very easily. They can sometimes through therapy, through uh, loads of like self-work, but usually it involves things like trauma, uh, socially unacceptable ideas, your wishes, your impulses, your desires, and any kind of pain, painful emotions that you have that you 
are not really aware of. So the main difference between the conscious and the subconscious or unconscious is the amount of awareness you have towards um, the level of consciousness in, in general. And how do we really develop unconscious patterns or emotional reactions that affect our daily behavior? So it's interesting because when you look at um, the unconscious patterns, it's really all the countless and numerous experiences and memories that we collect throughout our childhood. And these these memories and experiences, they shape us. So any belief, any pattern, any subjective reality that we have, that we collect in our childhood, drives our behavior as we become and move into adulthood. Um, so these are really kind of repressed or suppressed, uh, primitive, instinctual types of processes. Now, some people will argue that you know the, the unconscious doesn't uh, exist, and of course, you, you you know very well, Mariam, that when it comes to Freud. Uh, Freud really talks about the unconscious. Even Carl Jung talked about the unconscious. And there are many psychologists that believe in the unconscious. And then that is what drives our behavior. And that's what shapes us in, into who we are today. And when you look at the idea behind the unconscious patterns, you can actually see it in people's day-to-day -day lives. And you can see how it manifests itself in different ways. Mm -hmm. And can you, Dr. Thray, can you maybe give us some examples on common challenges or behaviors that people face every day but do not realize that they result from an unconscious pattern or a suppressed emotion or a childhood memory? Sure. So uh, you want to think of it in, in a perspective of the things that you don't really know why they exist in your behavior today. So think of, for instance, Maryam, what is what is something that you don't like to eat? Um, tomatoes. <laughs> tomatoes. Okay. So, so there's a reason why you don't like tomatoes. Other, I mean, are you allergic to tomatoes? No, no. Okay. So there's a reason. And usually, especially sometimes with food dislikes, they're quite interesting because we have our repressed kind of memories of, of for your, uh, in your case, tomatoes. Mm -hmm. So maybe as a child, you know, your parents wanted you to eat a tomato and then you didn't want to eat a tomato and you guys had a little bit of an argument. And as a child, subjectively, you took that quite harshly. It hurt you. Or it could be that you ate the tomato when you were younger and you got sick from the tomato. And then that's why it stopped you from liking tomatoes. So it's something that kind of happened within your childhood that's led you to not like tomatoes. Because in reality, there's mm -hmm. no real reason why you wouldn't like tomatoes, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so these, this, this would be an example. Another example would be, let's say if somebody has a bad experience at school, let's say they were bullied or they didn't enjoy school, they didn't do well, they tried really hard and they didn't do well in school. So they would kind of look at their school experience as learning, right? So this is new learning and this new learning experience was quite negative for them. And unfortunately, the brain likes to generalize things. So we like to put things into categories or schemas. So what ends up happening is that anything new that we're trying to learn gets put into this category as this is a bad experience. So then people have difficulty when they get older to actually uh, jump into or, or motivate themselves to try something new because their automatic thought is usually this is going to be a bad experiment uh, experience. Um, it could also be anything that has to do with... Um, any kind of, let's say a person who is a perfectionist as they are an adult or, you know, early adult, the perfectionist type of individuals, you'll notice that within their childhood, 
either their parents kind of stressed the idea of doing very well, or they compared them to other people, or maybe the parents didn't really say anything, but it was the way the parents were, and maybe the parents themselves were perfectionists that had given an indirect message to the child that this is how you're supposed to be. And so that could lead children to then become adults who are perfectionists. So it's really, it's, it's the idea behind the unconscious is that we have these, the, the subjective reality when we are children that tends to drive the way we think, feel, and, and, and behave in life as we move through it. And uh, Dr. Thraya, why would people, why would they want to live more consciously? How does that look like? And why would it make our day-to-day realities better? Well, being more conscious and more aware of, of where your patterns come from is key to breaking those patterns. Because a lot of the patterns that we have are functional, right? Even the ones that are dysfunctional. So when I speak to my clients regarding um, the patterns that they have in their life, I say, look, even the dysfunctional ones, even the ones that are not technically helping you move forward are helping you in some way. They could be protecting you from something that it used to protect you from when you were a child, but now as an adult, you no longer need it. So it used to be something that was functional, whereas now it's dysfunctional, but it still has a function. And in the end, by identifying these patterns, knowing where they come from, um, And learning more about yourself and why you behave the way that you do gives you an opportunity to break the patterns that don't necessarily uh, match with the value system that you hold. And so what ends up happening is that you start living a more authentic life and you start moving towards what we refer to as your real self or your inner child. The, the child that is, is very pure and very authentic to who you actually are, not who you needed to be in order to protect you from all of the things that, for instance, you, you weren't receiving as a child in, in the way that you wanted. So um, unconscious patterns, as I understand, are kind of a defense mechanism that we learned as children. But why do we really need, why did our, how did our brains decide that, okay, this is a defense mechanism that I used as a child? Why did we bring them into our adulthood and our day-to-day lives? So I would say the basic and most simplistic answer to that is uh, survival. So we, our bodies and our brains are, are uh, you know, they're created to help us survive, right? And uh, this is very animalistic and instinctual in nature. And so when you are a child and your needs are not being met, for instance, if you're not to, uh, taught to accept yourself and to accept others, instead, you're, you know, your parents are very critical of you, or maybe critical of other people. What ends up happening is as you, as you develop as a child, you become very uh, perfectionistic, you become very envious of other people, because this is your way of protecting yourself from any kind of criticism coming your way, right? And so what ends up happening is that that pattern continues as you get older. And so that you become the perfectionist adult because you want to avoid any criticism, which is ironic because you're actually being the one that criticizes yourself the most. So these defense mechanisms are a way to protect us from feeling the pain of not receiving the needs that we require as children. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I see quite um, often with a lot of my clients is this idea of 
vulnerability. As children, if we're not allowed to be vulnerable, if we're not allowed to cry, if we're not allowed to express our, express our emotions, if we're not allowed to be childlike, we tend to avoid any kind of play and fun as we get older. We, we, we pretend to be strong all the time. We, we develop these, um, you know, overdeveloped kind of adult scripts in our, in our life. We, we try to be someone we are not as a way to, sh to shield ourselves from getting hurt from, from, from being vulnerable again, because we weren't nurtured as children to be vulnerable. So we stop ourselves from being vulnerable. So we're not hurt again. And so these, unconscious drives these unconscious uh, i wouldn't say the unconscious is the defense mechanism but the way we behave is a defense mechanism to the pain that we felt subjectively from all of the things that we experienced as kids and so we usually take those with us because we feel like this is the way things should be and until we understand those patterns and until we understand that as adults we don't need those patterns anymore Unfortunately, we are run by those patterns. So those patterns control us rather than we are truly in control of our own lives. Amazing. Um, Dr. Theraya, let's say now we have discovered the unconscious pattern and we have realized where it originates from, which is most probably a childhood experience. What next? How do we start breaking those patterns and start to live more consciously? So usually in order to understand and break the patterns and live more consciously, you have to engage in more creativity, more uh, like what we call active imagination. And this can be done through journaling, through dream work, through free association. That's what we use in therapy. So sometimes we do recommend that if you find yourself uh, recognizing a lot of patterns that are uh, quite difficult to overcome, we recommend that you go to therapy. But this is work that you can do on your own sometimes and mostly through journaling because journaling allows you to write down all the thoughts and, and really free associate where you're just kind of writing and writing and writing and writing. And as you're writing, you're creating associations. You're starting to see connections that are very important between who you are now and who you were as a child and where that bridge is. And so um, by, by looking at these patterns and these connections and these associations, there has to be a, a level of comfort of, of recognizing this, which is why sometimes, especially with more traumatic childhoods, we say it's probably best to do this with a professional because this can elicit a lot of anxiety, a lot of maybe depressive symptoms um, or maybe other negative emotions. So it's good to do this in a, in a safe environment um, and, and in a supportive environment, but because eventually you're going to have to start to be comfortable to challenge yourself and, and uh, change the patterns, which is not always simple. Um, it is an easy kind of solution when you look at it, like, okay, this equals this. So obviously I have to do the opposite in order to change this. However, even though it's easy, it's not a simple task to do. So it's it's, it's still very, it, it requires a lot of hard work, a lot of introspection. It requires a lot of, um, I would say a lot of love to yourself mm -hmm. and a lot of forgiveness and a lot of compassion and, and acceptance of the fact that this is going to be a very long process for some more than others, maybe. 
But the reality is, is that looking at it from a perspective of this is something I need to do because in this moment, I recognize that a lot of my previous ways are now affecting my current life. This takes us to my last question, Dr. Threya. What is the impact that you would like to have on the world? <laughs> on the whole world? <laughs> on the whole world. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's big, a big question. It's a very big question. I would, I would rather like to have an impact on one person's world. Because wow. if I can impact each client and their world, I feel that I can help influence them to a healthier and, and quote-unquote happier existence. Um, but uh, in the whole world, <laughs> many of them, it's such <laughs> a big question. I think maybe I would just want people to be more aware of the fact that no one gets it right. So no parent is perfect. Every parent is going to mess up. Every parent is always going to cause problems for their kids because kids don't come with, you know, instruction manuals and parenting doesn't come with a guideline. So I think it's important for parents to be okay with the fact that they mess up as, and they admit it. And it's okay for children to look at their parents still with love and appreciation for what they gave them for some parents. And at the same time, recognize that it, some of the, their behavior wasn't okay for them. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like, I, I would, okay, I think I have my answer. The impact yes. I would like to have on the world is to allow and help people find balance in their life and in the way they view life. Amazing. I absolutely love that. And the purpose behind this question is to just make us think on a broader perspective. And I know that we sometimes get busy with our day-to-day -day schedules and our jobs, but really, if you could have an impact and if you could have it, let's say, sent through across the entire world, what would that be? So it kind of pushes us to the limit to think of that question, but I absolutely love the answer that you had. Thank you. And I believe that you're already doing that. <laughs> it was a bit that. hard for me to think of, to be honest. <laughs> no, I do believe that you're already on your way doing that and implementing that kind of impact. Oh, thank you, Miriam. You're welcome. I truly enjoyed this conversation. And Dr. Threya, where can people find more about you and the amazing work that you do? Um, I, well, you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Dr. Thraya, uh, or at uh, the our center's Instagram or Facebook or, or even our website is HRIC Dubai. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Thraya. Thank you, Maryam. This podcast is sponsored by Pixel House Productions.